Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. I'm Pastor John Dunning, and we're going to be in the next few minutes be studying the Word of God together. The psalmist declares this. He says, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of Saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. For all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. Isn't that a fantastic, uh, actually this is out of the book of Revelation, but isn't this a, a fantastic uh, word concerning the end time events that are going to take place that you and I as born again believers are going to be involved in. But now Isaiah said this, he says, Lord, on this one will I look. This is what God is saying. But on this one, he's saying this through the prophet Isaiah, but on this one will I look. On him who was poor or humble and of a contrite spirit who trembles at my word. Praise God. Are you trembling at the word of God today? Do you have the word of God first place in your life? Amen. Notice what Samuel says. He says, for the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Amen. Praise God. You may be going through a lot of trouble. You may be going through a lot of trial today, but your heart is fixed and you're trusting in God. God looks at that with pleasure. He looks at that as a great reward. But notice something that the Apostle John says. He says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what are we going to do? Well, number one, we're going to do exactly what the psalmist says. We're going to trust in the Lord and we're going to do good. Amen. God is causing us to dwell in the land. And so what we're going to do is we're going to feed on his faithfulness. We're going to delight ourselves in the Lord. And what is he going to do? He's going to give us the desires of our heart. When we fully trust in him and fully trust in his word, those desires, those things that we know that we need, those things that we desire in our heart, amen, that are godly, he's going to give us the desires of our heart. Now, notice what else the psalmist says. Commit our way to the Lord. Trust in him. And what is he going to do? He's going to cause those desires to come to pass. And he shall bring forth righteousness as the light and justice as the noonday. So, Heavenly Father, we come before you now in the name of Jesus and we lift up uh, the name of Jesus. Lord, we lift up our life to you. And Father, we ask you now, work wonders in our lives. Lord, there are many within the sound of my voice. They're going through a test. They're going through a trial. But Lord, they are determined, amen, to make it through and to be faithful to you. Now, Lord, we're asking you right now, come into them in a strong and mighty way. Father God, cause the ministering spirits to go forth and to cause those things, Lord, that are upside down to be turned right side up. Lord, supply that need in the name of Jesus. Lord, give each and every one within the sound of my voice, including myself, Lord, the strength and the courage to live wholly and completely for you. Lord, even in the midst of trial, even in the midst of persecution, Father, we trust in you. We trust in the living, in the living God who is able to do 
for us, exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that is within us. And Lord, we'll, we trust in you. We love you with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength. Lord, we love our neighbor as ourself. And we want to thank you, Father, for working in such a mighty and great way in the midst of us. And Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise the Lord. We're, we are in the first epistle of Paul to the Corinthians. We're going to be in chapter two today, and we're going to be talking about apprehending the wisdom of God. And I know, I know you because I know me. There's times and there's things that we've said, there's things that we've done. And after reflecting, we said, man, that was not right. I wish I wish I had I wish I would have had uh, more wisdom in that situation. I know I've pastored for uh, close to 29 years and there's things uh, that I that I did. There's uh, uh, the way I handle things. And looking back now, I say, oh, I wish I had uh, more wisdom, more of the wisdom of God. I would have handled things much differently uh, than than when than the way I did them. But hey, uh, we're all in this boat together. Praise God. But now there is in the word of God and Paul expresses in this chapter uh, how we can know the wisdom of God, how we can have the wisdom of God in every situation. Amen. I remember somebody telling me a long time ago, he said, you know, the Holy Ghost makes me smart. Amen. Praise God. Uh, you and I, we're not smart in ourselves, but it's the Holy Ghost that makes us smart if we'll learn how to trust in him, if we'll learn how to hear his voice. Amen. So uh, this is what Paul is uh, speaking of in, in uh, the second chapter of 1 Corinthians. Now, this chapter is setting up the next chapter and the chapters to follow. And if you've been in the Christian way any length of time, I'm sure you've heard a message out of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 talking about how that um, Paul was saying, but I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. So uh, this chapter here is a strong chapter and it's an encouraging chapter. It's a chapter that challenges us uh, to before we say anything, before we open up our mouth, before we make major decisions in our life, we always should seek for and know the wisdom of God because it certainly is available to us. All right. Well, the first five verses, Paul talks about the power of gospel, the power of the gospel of Christ and how uh, when he came to Corinth, this is in Acts chapter 18, uh, he came to them uh, fresh from Athens. Now he he had no success. All. He well, let me say it this way: he had very little success in in Athens, but not to the degree that he had success in Corinth. And Paul did not change anything at all concerning the way he approached people. And but now the Corinthians, when they heard the gospel message, uh, they received it. They received it as the truth. You know, not as the word of man, but as it is in truth, the word of God. So let's go ahead and get started. Verses one through five. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom. Wisdom, that's the chief thing. Declaring unto you the testimony of God. Paul is saying here, I didn't come to you with, uh, with uh, as, a, as a man speaking rhetoric. I didn't come to you with rhetoric. I didn't come to you with earthly wisdom. Amen. 
But I came to you declaring the testimony of God, for I determined, verse 2, not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's how he came. He didn't come, he, he didn't go to Corinth, you know, trying to find out, well, listen, let's see, how do I approach these people? You know, he didn't mix, uh, you know, rub elbows with the different people trying to figure it, them out. Uh, he wasn't trying to seek earthly wisdom. He came with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says this, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. Well, you can certainly understand that because uh, Paul was in prison in Philippi. Uh, he was driven out of Thessalonica and Berea. Uh, he had to leave Athens because he was getting nowhere with those elitists. You know, secular humanism is a religion. And people that are secular humanists, they, they are very faithful to their religion. It's very hard to get through to them with the gospel, but uh, they need to be saved just like everybody else. So we can certainly understand that uh, everywhere he, he went uh, in the Grecian Peninsula, uh, he faced a lot of tribulation. So he came, uh, verse 3, he says, And I, I was with you, I came to you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, not depending upon himself, but depending upon the tools that God had given him, and that tool is uh, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. And he says this in verse 4, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Now, I want to stop right here, and I want to talk for just a moment about what happens when we preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we don't taint it with worldly wisdom. We don't water it down. We preach the gospel just like it was preached by Peter, just like it was preached by Paul, just like we see it in the epistles and throughout the book of Acts. Amen. And when we do that, whether in personal testimony or behind a pulpit or on a street corner, wherever, amen, the word preached is going to be in demonstration of the Spirit and of power because that's the gospel is what the Holy Spirit uh, backs up. That's what he confirms. Remember uh, in uh, the gospel of Mark, talking about the apostles, they went everywhere preaching the word, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. If you want a dynamic ministry, if you want to see God show up and God move, <laughs> praise God, hallelujah, you start preaching the gospel and then expect God to confirm it with signs following, and he'll do exactly that, praise God. Uh, we were in a meeting, my friend and I, uh, my friend Tommy Roberts and I, we were in a meeting, and we had prayed before that meeting the day before uh, that God would give us six drawn to the gospel, and guess what? That's exactly what we got. At the invitation, God drew six people who wanted an assurance uh, that uh, when they died, that they would go to heaven. So uh, that's, that's, that's God. Uh, that's nothing you and I can do, but that is everything that God will do, and he'll do it. Praise God. So let's be faithful to preach the gospel, and God will show up. Now, the reason why he preached to them the gospel and the power and demonstration of his spirit Verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. There is too much human reasoning going on behind the pulpits in America today. 
There are many denominations that have quit preaching the gospel and have started preaching human reasoning, psychology, all of these kind of uh, a social gospel, all of these human things that the Holy Spirit is not going to confirm. That's the reason why churches go generations without a move of God in their midst because they stop preaching the gospel. If we want to get people saved, then we preach the gospel of salvation. If we want to get people healed in the gospel of salvation, we also include the gospel of healing. I remember reading after T.L. Osborne many, many times in India and in Africa, he would go and he would preach the gospel. He would preach Jesus and he would challenge the people. He says, this same Jesus that I'm preaching to you is alive and well, and he's going to confirm it now by healing your sickness and your disease. And there was thousands upon thousands in his crusades, and he would pray a general prayer of healing, and then God would begin to move, and people who were on crutches would begin to hold their crutches up. People who were on their deathbeds would get up and walk. The lame would walk. The dumb would talk. The blind would see. Just miraculous things would happen. Why? Because he had the confidence and the tenacity and the boldness to go into those ripened fields uh, that are ready for harvest, and he would preach the gospel, and God would show up with signs and demonstrations proven to that people that the Jesus that T.L. That Osmond preached was alive and well. Praise God. Hallelujah. So how would you like to have that kind of demonstration in your life and in your ministry? Well, be bold enough to believe and to preach the gospel and God will back you up. Praise God. All right. Now, verse six again, notice what Paul says. Now he's going to begin talking about the, the wisdom of God in a mystery. And we're going to find out what he means uh, by this. How, how be it? We speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Now he's talking about the Corinthians now, not the Corinthians uh, before uh, they got saved. He's talking about the Corinthians as they are right now. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Now the word perfect there really means a full understanding. Those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. Earthly wisdom is going to die. It's coming to an end. These, uh, these uh, earthly rulers that think that they're a god unto themselves and the secular humanists that think that they're a god unto themselves, all that's coming to nothing. All that is going to be reduced to zero, to nothing. Notice what he says, yet not the wisdom of this world nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. Amen. See, the world is winding down. It's coming to nothing. When I say the world, I'm talking about this world system that uh, that stands outside of the, the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 7, but we speak wisdom, the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Think about that. Before God ever made this world, you were already on his mind. He had already determined that those that were going to come to his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, he was going to glorify with the glory that was with, uh, that is on, that is in Jesus that he had with the Father before the world was ever made. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen, you are in a divine flow. 
If you are born again today and you know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, hallelujah, you are in a divine flow. God is moving in your life, perfecting that which concerns you. And on that day that Jesus comes to receive his bride, you're going to be part of that glorified church, the church that is without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Now, you can believe that. You can stand on that and be bold about this, praise God, because you you are not in the plan of God that is some type of figment of some man's imagination. It is a divine plan that God, in his wisdom now, and in his power has been unfolding now for uh, for these last uh, many thousands of years, all the way from the Garden of Eden until now, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you are in that divine plan. So you need to praise God and be thankful for that. Amen. And if you're going through manifold trials now, if there's a lot of pressure on you, you just right, right now raise your hands towards heaven and you start praising God and thanking him that he has his hand upon your life. Amen. You are in his hand. No man can pluck you out of his hand. You just rest in him and praise him and pray and seek his face and rejoice in him until the peace of God that passes all understanding keeps your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And I say glory to God for that. All right. Now, once again, verse seven, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. What does that mean? What does that word mystery mean? It comes from the Greek word mysterion. Amen. And it's that which God is supplying to those who want it. It's treasure that is hidden that will be found to those who seek for it. Amen. Do you remember the mighty gold rush that took place in this country over 150 years ago? Well, there were those that went out to California to seek for gold and they would pan gold in the streams but there are also those that knew that that gold, that mother lode was in the mountains. And so they climbed those mountains, they staked out a claim and they began to dig and they kept digging and they kept digging day after day after day after day. And finally they hit the mother lode. And when they hit the mother lode, they were rich beyond their wildest dreams. Praise God. And this is wisdom. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to read Proverbs chapter eight. It describes the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's for you. As a believer in Christ Jesus, that's for you. Praise God. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Mysterion. Not like the Athenians, not like the wisdom the Athenians thought they had. They poo-pooed the gospel. They thought Paul was mad. They thought it was crazy. They thought he was an idiot. No, sir. Paul wasn't an idiot. Paul had the wisdom of God. They didn't see it, and so they lost out. Don't lose out today. Don't lose out of the wisdom of God. Amen. Now, Paul goes on and says this, even the hidden wisdom, hidden wisdom. You know, the wisdom of God is hidden from people, especially those that aren't willing to look for it, those who aren't willing to study to find it, those who are not willing to seek it out. Jesus said this, when the apostles came to the Lord Jesus and said, why, do you, why are you speaking in parables? Notice what Jesus said. And he said unto them, he that hath ears to hear. I want to ask you, do you have ears to hear today? Do you have an inquiring heart? Do you want to know 
the word of God? Amen. Are you saying within your heart, Lord, I, I want to know your word. I'm hungry for your word. I want to understand your will. I want to know what you, Lord, uh, are, are doing in my life, what you want to do in my life. I want to know that. I want the wisdom of God. And you know what the wisdom of God is? The wisdom of God is always given, God giving us the ability to see the end result. That's why you and I have gotten into sin in our former life. Because we could not, we were blinded by lust, we were blinded by sin, and we did not see the end result. If we had had the wisdom of God, and I, I certainly hope we do now, uh, I certainly hope that we've been through a lot of past experience. We know uh, to do exactly what Apostle Paul said. He said, be slow to speak and be slow to wrath. Slow to speak, slow to wrath, slow to act. Amen. Praise God. There's financial decisions that we made off the cuff and they messed us up. They messed us up badly. Amen. It's the only way I know how to say it. They messed us up badly. But if we'd have just taken the time to seek God out and to spend a little time fasting and praying and spend some time in the Word of God, you know what would have happened? Yeah, we'd have made the right decision. So having the wisdom of God, amen, in that is in a mystery, the hidden wisdom. Notice what he says, even the hidden wisdom. And Jesus said this, he said this concerning his own people, not the disciples now, to his own people. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, unto you it's given. Why, why was the wisdom of God given, amen, to the apostles? Because they were seeking for it. They were following Jesus. Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, those that are outside of following the Lord, those that are, are just following Jesus because of curiosity, I tell you, curiosity will kill the, kill the cat. Remember the old saying, curiosity kills the cat? Well, curiosity will keep you out of heaven. They were following Jesus because of the bread, they were following Jesus because of the miracles, but they weren't following him because of what his word was saying. But unto them that are, are without, all these things are done in parables that seeing they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. See, that's the gospel's available to everybody. Everybody. Everybody within the sound of my voice, everybody born of woman, the gospel is available. God does not want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the gospel is only going to be effective in those that seek to know. That's the key in having the wisdom of God, seeking to know. Amen. And verse 8 says, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Think about the high priest. Think about the Sanhedrin. Think about all those Jews, amen, that decided to oppose because of, uh, uh, because of pride, they opposed the Lord Jesus. They become, became his enemies. They all had to stand before God and give an account for that. Jesus was speaking, speaking to them the truth, but they could not understand it. Why? Because they didn't want to understand it. 
Amen. What a sad, sad day for those people who, who were so close, saw Jesus eye to eye, face to face, heard his words, but would not believe. Amen. Verse 8, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, this is not just talking about earthly princes. This is talking about spirit princes, too. Amen. Spirit princes, too. So if you want to overcome the God of this world, you're going to have to know the word of God. You're going to have to have the wisdom of God. Remember Stephen? Remember that those that opposed Stephen could not resist his wisdom? Where did he get this wisdom? He got it from the scriptures. And he was quoting the Old Testament. The New Testament had not been written. There's enough revelation in the Old Testament and the New Testament to cause you and I to be victorious and overcomers in every area of our life. That's tremendous. But now look at verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Why is the Holy Spirit so important in your life and in my life now that we're born again? Because it's the Spirit that reveals to us this hidden wisdom, the wisdom of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. But, on, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now, I want to take a moment here, and I want to show you from the writings of Solomon and Proverbs how you can understand and know the wisdom of God. It comes from Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 27. Notice this. This is how the wisdom of God is found. It's found in the word of God. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ears unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let not thine eyes look, let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight ahead before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left, remove thy foot from evil. See, this is what Solomon is teaching, and, and of course, this is by inspiration, and it speaks to us today through the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20 tells us, you and I, we have got to have an attentive ear. We've got to have an ear that not only hears, but listens. Amen. So we have an ear to hear. He who hath the ears to hear, let him hear. We, in our life, in our heart now, we what we do is we create an ear to hear what the word of God is saying. We have an inquiring mind, in other words. And we're going to dig, we're going to pray, we're going to do whatever we need to do to find out what the meaning of the word of God is. And then verse 21 tells us that uh, not when we have an attentive ear, then we give hear, we give heed to the word of God. And we do not allow the word of God to slip away from us. In other words, we take hold of the word and we do not allow the word of God to pass us by. How many times have we sat in church listening to our pastor preach the word and then after the service we have absolutely no idea. We cannot remember anything that the pastor taught us. Amen. That's allowing the word of God to slip from us. 
And verses 22 and 23, now here's the third thing. When the word of God is received into our heart, this is when it begins to produce. This is when the wisdom of God that comes from the word of God begins to speak to us. Amen. And the fourth thing that's found in verses 24 through 27 is the word of God then begins to give us the wisdom of God that enables us to discern the path of righteousness, that path which we are to father. So when we are determined to be a doer of the word of God, the spirit of God then will begin to reveal to us the wisdom of God. And that's powerful, powerful word for us today. Amen. So we're going to say this. Let's say this. Say, uh, children, listen to me. This is what God is saying. Children, listen to me. And I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man that desires life, that loves many days that he may seem good? Do this. This is the wisdom of God speaking. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful today, Lord, that we have the wisdom of God. We have the wisdom of God. We have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is the wisdom of God operating in our life. We have it in Jesus' name. We have it, praise God. We lay hold of it. Father, we will attend to your word. We will meditate on your precepts, Father God. We will find the wisdom of God before we make any major decision in our life. Uh, we're going to seek for, we're going to obtain the wisdom of God because of the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of us. He that is going to direct our heart into the love of God. And Father, we give you thanks for now. We pray for everyone within the sound of my voice, Lord, that they'll have the wisdom of God today. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, we give you all the praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.